Welcome, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of AI Chats. This is a podcast series produced by the law firm of Haynes & Boone and lawyers in its AI and deep learning practice group to explore the exciting, ever-evolving, and occasionally controversial world of artificial intelligence. My name is Eugene Goryunov. I'm a partner in the Chicago office of the firm. I'm joined today by my colleague Dina Blickstein from our New York office. And we are joined today by two high school students, Hannah Shakarov and Yasmin Katan. For our latest episode, we are going to talk about how artificial intelligence affects teens and their lives. But before we get started, our standard disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be legal advice and does not establish an attorney-client relationship. The topics we discuss are subject to change. Legal advice of any nature should be sought from your legal counsel. And with that, Yasmin and Hannah, can you please introduce yourselves to our listeners? Hi, I'm Yasmin Katan. I am a senior at a high school in New Jersey. Hi, I'm Hannah Shakarov, and I'm a junior at Northern Valley High School in New Jersey. Excellent. Thank you for the intros. Uh, Well, look, you're both in high school. Uh, Do you know if artificial intelligence has any impact on your lives? Yeah, so I would say it definitely does. And it's so prevalent in so many different aspects of our lives that you don't even come to realize how prevalent it actually is. You can see it in so many different facets. So Um, For example, Hannah, you can introduce some of them. I think especially where we notice it most is in social media, health, education. I think especially in social media, since it completely takes over the teenage life in programs such as Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, AI is really, really prevalent there. And especially with education, that's something that all young kids and teenagers are required to do and go to. And that's where you see AI becoming more and more apparent and becoming, again, more and more obviously integrated in education. So let's talk about social media first. And this is Dina from Haynes & Boone. What type of social media applications do you two use? So I'm not a big social media user myself. I would say maybe TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube would be about it. What about you, Hannah? Like Yasmin, I'm not a big social media user, but I mostly stick to programs such as Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. So Yasmin, do you know if AI is being used in any of those applications? I would say that we're, again, so accustomed to AI that we don't really come to realize its effect um, that it has on social media. But again, I would say it honestly controls the social media usage from our, on our side. So for example, take TikTok, where you have like different sides of TikTok based on the content you like to see, the, what political linings you have, the shows you like to watch, different hobbies you might have. All these different kind of things are being funneled directly to, to you with like the TikTok AI algorithm. Similar to that is YouTube. They have The, the more you watch certain kinds of content, the more you're going to get content like that recommended to you. And so these are just different ways how AI is really affecting the way you use social media and making sure that you do use it a little bit more. I think also in programs such as Instagram and Facebook, the algorithm will recommend friends and posts for you based on what you've previously liked. And even in other programs such as Netflix, which is not really social media, but the same concept is applicable where AI will literally recommend shows and movies for you based on what you've already seen. And it even gives you the percentage of how much it predicts that you enjoy the content based on what you've already watched. 
Well, okay. So this lends itself to my um, next question for you. Sounds like all of these recommendations and predictions are using your own browsing and usage history. Do you see this as raising any kind of privacy concerns? So I would say, yes, it is a concern of privacy. You have so much information about yourself and your what you like to do, what you like to see, all being collected continuously, constantly, and being sent to these uh, corporations or different kinds of pro- uh, platforms. But again, this has become so integrated in our lives. It's become so sort of normal that I would say that these concerns are more um, of the older generations. They're the ones who see that this is this is a bit um, invasive and they're the ones who might realize the, the privacy threats that it might pose. Whereas for, I, I would say, younger generations or people of our age, it's something that's become just so normal. Like, yes, they do collect this information, but it would seem that the, the benefit that the AI gives back to the students or the, or the younger stu- um, children is, is kind of dismissing the privacy concerns. So in other words, you appreciate that there are privacy concerns, but my understanding that uh, you see that the added value that these platforms provide outweigh any privacy concerns. Yeah, I would definitely say that. And also that it's become so normalized with, with with our continued use of the programs that we don't really see anything wrong with it as much anymore. Well, I'm glad that you are aware that AI is being used in all these different platforms and that you don't mind the platforms invading your privacy too much. But do you know if there's any other downsides to AI being used in social media? Yeah, so I think one big downside of of continued AI use in social media would be addiction. And um, so AI is helping, again, show you exactly what you want to see, what you like to see or stream. So it's giving you all that content directly and immediately to you. So what this means is you're going to be more prone to to being addicted to that content. And that can lend itself immediately to more procrastination and um, a a greater tendency to just continue using these AI apps or the social media and ignoring any other things that maybe you should be doing instead. And I'm sure parents love that, especially when they want you to concentrate on school. (laughs) Definitely. Hannah, do you see any other downsides in using AI in social media? Definitely. I think with the rise of AI in social media has been accompanied with a host of mental health harms. First, on programs such as Snapchat and Instagram, there are filters which literally alter your features in a way that is considered to be socially favorable or acceptable. And because AI is so involved in spreading those standards of beauty and that its algorithms will ensure that the images that are considered favorable are going to get more views and more likes, seeing that what you post is not receiving the validation can lead to, I think, a collection of mental health harms. Ultimately, AI, I think it just pushes certain standards of beauty and image and and social acceptance that if you don't conform, it's easy to see yourself as lesser than. So Hannah, are you saying that AI makes teenagers and also kids feel bad about themselves? I think it definitely does since the algorithm is always going to post what's socially like favorable. So when those posts are getting more likes, more views, if you're not conforming to that, then it's really easy for your mental health to plummet. Well, so it sounds like... You know, we talked about addiction. We talked about mental health. Uh, Do you think it's possible for artificial intelligence to be taught to help address and help relieve addiction and mental health issues rather than cause them? 
I think that as AI grows, that is definitely the case and in a couple of ways. First, there are forms of AI therapy, such as the Wobot and different chatbots that can deliver tailored mental health therapy to teenagers. And the way the program works, that the user would never be able to tell that it is a chatbot and artificial intelligence rather than an actual person. I also think that AI takes away human error. When you talk to these chatbots, they can assess suicide risks, but taking away all of the elements of human error and can accurately assess when somebody is at risk. So what you're saying, Hannah, there are uh, chatbots, uh, such as I think the Wobot you mentioned earlier, that can act as a therapist uh, to kids and teenagers? Yes, exactly. Especially in times like COVID where people aren't getting out as much. And I think teenagers especially really need somebody to talk to. The Wobot, it it acts as a therapist, and I don't think a user would ever be able to tell the difference. And no one will be, will be able to tell that it's not a human, right? And that you're essentially interacting with a robot who can be your therapist and to some extent your, th- your friend. Exactly, especially since the AI is getting more developed and literally learning more about you just as a person would. Oh, so in other words, Wobot keeps um, kind of a, a profile for each person who uses it and then helps itself develop more and provide more personalized services to the person who's using it? Yes, that's what I think makes it so interesting because when a person goes, goes go to see a real therapist, I think that therapists would interact with the person based on their personality, based on their specific needs. And what's really unique about the robot is that it's able to do the exact same thing, but it's not a person at all. It's artificial intelligence. That's very fascinating. And, you know, obviously this doesn't replace the, the potential need for therapists in, uh, in certain situations. It could certainly be a tool that people can use, um, you know, to address some things to help them work through some minor issues probably that don't require a full-on therapy session. Exactly. It's actually a great tool, like Hannah mentioned, especially at a time of COVID when people really don't get out that much. That way, if you need to talk to somebody, you can do it to a robot uh, from the comfort of your home and also safely. It's fascinating and it's amazing that our technology has been able to go so far, especially to make it sound and feel seamless, um, feel like a human rather than a robot. I mean, look, other than social media, where else do you see artificial intelligence on a regular basis? I think kind of like we touched upon in the beginning, it would be really education. That would be a really prominent area where you have AI showing up more and more and also on a regular basis, because again, that is part of the day-to-day life of a teenager or younger, a younger child. So you see the US, edu- U.S. education has grown or artificial intelligence in U.S. education has grown by 48% from 2017 to 2021, according to the artificial intelligence um, education sector report. And that's because you can see a lot of tools that we use in the classroom today having AI integrated in them. So for example, Google Docs, something that a lot of, uh, I would say, students use to write on and take notes or write essays, things like that, has things like predictive text or, or predictive writing that kind of anticipates what you constantly write in other documents and kind of predicts what you want to finish writing or finish your sentence with or start a document with. Um, It has things built into the app or the website like translating or search engines or image searches, 
all these things are again built into the app with more AI integration rather than going have, having to go to another website to maybe translate something or look for a picture or or a moving image. And that kind of relates almost immediately to the Google search engine, which would be used even more uh, commonly than Google Docs. So, th- and that in and of itself is an algorithm that's giving you based on what you want. It's and looking up, it's giving you very specific information about that. And I would say that the the prevalence of Google search engines in the classroom has revolutionized education. Other than just what your teacher is telling you, you can look at, look for things at the exact same time and kind of um, supplement your education at the same time. And almost almost in that exact same vein is our language uh, learning program. So like, for example, Rosetta Stone, websites like that, that help you, again, with talking to an audio program or talking to a robot, sort of like what Hannah was talking about just a little bit ago. Um, You're talking to something to help uh, bolster your, your audio speaking abilities in different languages, your writing abilities, and your all sort of communication in different languages. And that lends itself, rather than just when you're learning different languages, when you're trying to study for all your different classes, you have online programs and online study programs that used to maybe just be online flashcards that were a lot less AI and a lot more like you did all the manual work. But now it's more more like an algorithm. Take Quizlet, for example, which was just online flashcards, but now it's able you're able to practice what you're learning on that. And it caters to each student's abilities and their, their knowledge and their pace by picking up on what you already know, what you still might need help with, your strengths, your weaknesses, all with an AI program that's trying to help um, spe- make your education, again, more specific to what you specifically need. It's really incredible how much education has gone since, uh, at least since when I was in high school, when, uh, you know, you have textbooks and you go to the library and uh, and you have flashcards. Now it seems like you guys have everything at your fingertips. So Hannah, can you talk about um, different benefits of having AI in education? For sure. So I think a major proponent of having AI in education would be the access that it offers For example, for people with language barriers, people that don't speak English as their first language, AI would be a huge help from programs like Presentation Translator. You plug it into a PowerPoint and it creates subtitles for the presentation as the the teacher is speaking in whatever language that that person may speak. So they can access an education without the language barrier. And it really lends to accessibility in that specific field. So what you're saying by using this tool, this uh, this translator, right? You can essentially go to any high school or to any college in the world, sit in in a lecture, and have that lecture being translated to you in uh, in real time. Exactly, it's really a huge interconnecting force. That's what I what I think is really great about it. How else can AI benefit education? Um, Yasmin, maybe you can talk about AI and helping uh, kids and teens with disability. Yeah, so that's that's one facet that's um, that's been really helped with AI. So other than uh, um, every other student's um, education, people who need extra help learning, especially with real life situations that they might be a little bit more dangerous if they were to experience them firsthand and try to learn in again the first person. AI can help them prepare for these sort of real world situations. So 
uh, for example, Syracuse University School of Information Studies is working right now to drive experiential learning on the uh, through AI through the internet for students who might need this help solving real world problems. And their program is called Our Ability, which is a website that helps disabled people actually work on getting a job and knowing what that might entail of what that might look like and be like in the day-to-day um, life. So that, that's another very big aspect, how AI is um, having really big benefits in, so in education, not just for um, just everyone in the public. It's, it's helping even more niche areas. That all sounds fascinating. Uh, well, uh, we would like to thank you both for, um, for joining us today and giving us this unique view on how AI affects education and, uh, and social media from, uh, from your point of view. It's really great to have this opportunity, especially to provide the team perspective, which I think is often unheard. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's been very fun. Um, we've been we've loved the opportunity to reflect on again what the the impact AI might have on us day to day that we might tend to overlook and not really think about. Well, thank you to our guests and listeners for joining us on this episode of AI Chats, and thank you to Yasmin and Hana for joining us as well. You can find today's episode and future ones on the major podcast platforms such as Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Amazon. And I'd like to join Dina by thanking our <coughs> presenters today for their time and their very unique perspective. Uh, and I'll close out by saying our podcasts and relevant articles about artificial intelligence topics can be found uh, at the firm's AI and Deep Learning Practice page, which can be found at HanesBoon.com. And our practice page also contains contact information for all the lawyers in the practice group. Please feel free to reach out to any of us if you'd like to suggest topics for further AI chat episodes. Thank you all.